Hey, everyone out there. Um, opening of the show a little bit different this week. Uh, today, as I'm recording this, Valentine's Day, there was a shooting, a gunman opened fired at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Left 17 people dead, many more injured. And it's just weighing heavy on me tonight. Um, I have kids of my own, and to, to just to see these senseless, ridiculous acts of violence especially in a school, it just, it leaves you a little bit hopeless for the future of our country. Those of us in the United States, um, I don't know. I just don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. Um, it's clear that the majority of our leaders don't want to do anything about this. Uh, they, for whatever reason, have no interest in fixing this problem and it's sickening to me. Um, so we know thoughts and prayers don't work. We know that. So I'm going to be looking into what I can do. Uh, if there's charities I can do, I can donate to or support different movements so that can maybe do something to end this, in this just disgusting behavior that we see all the time in the States here. Um, and I would urge you all to do the same if you feel the same way as I do. And I hope that you do. I hope that you, you are sickened by this violence and you, you want to find ways to help end it. So get out there, find something, some way you can help because it's clear the problem's not going to be fixed by all of us sitting around doing nothing. So, Get out there, find some way you can help make a difference, and do it. Welcome to Row 2 Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's roll to play. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Roll to Play Podcast. My name is Kent Blue. I am your game master. And this week, we are going deeper into our relationship month of February with Shooting the Moon. It is a game by Emily Kerboss from the Romance Trilogy, and it is a ton of fun. It is about two people vying for the affection of one person. Uh, it's really cool, really interesting. We'll get to that in a moment. I have my, my good friends Tim and Kristen Devine on to play this game with me. And it was a blast. We recorded for four hours, and it, every minute it was fun. So I can't wait to get to it. A couple of things to show business to take care of. First, uh, this Saturday, February 17th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, I am going to be running a game of Honey Heist on the Victory Condition Gaming Channel. This was part of Doug's subscriber drive. Uh, he reached a certain level, so I agreed if he did that, that I would come on and run a game for him. We did a little poll, Honey Heist one out. So this Saturday, if you can be there at Victory Condition Gaming Channel's YouTube channel at 6 o'clock Eastern this Saturday, definitely come in, check it out. 
comment on the game, maybe even offer suggestions, and we'll see if they pop up. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Got a lot of great people in that game, uh, including Tim Devine, who you're going to hear in just a little bit of this game. So this Saturday, 6 o'clock, Victory Condition Gaming Channel. Be there for some Honey Heist action. And that's really it for show business. I'm keeping this intro short because we've got a first part of our Shooting the Moon game coming up, and it is two hours, near two hours long. So I'm going to close down this opening, get right into the game of Shooting the Moon by Emily Carabas with Tim and Kristen Devine. All right, everybody, this week we are playing Shooting the Moon. It is a, a game out of the Romance Trilogy by Emily Carabas, and... It's a three-player game where you have one person that two people are vying for their affection. Uh, we're, we're changing a little bit up on that this time, but we'll see what happens and how it turns out. But this week I have my, my good friend Tim Devine and Kristen Devine. Kristen's first time on the show, but Tim, you've heard him a few times on our Lasers and Feelings game. And then uh, from behind the screen, number four, Tim came on and let me do what uh, I thought was kind of an interview with them, but interviewing is not my specialty, so it was really just us chatting about things. But anyways, welcome to the show, you two. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm excited. All right, so I know you guys both are part of, well, we've discussed all this uh, on the from behind the screen, but we'll touch back real quick on Dice Up Games um, that you two are have going on as... Uh, kind of, I guess, a side project thing that y'all do, uh, designing mm -hmm. and hacking games. So if y'all just want to, Kristen, tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's kind of a side project um, where we both hack. Um, we have a couple hacks out of Lasers and Feelings by John Harper, um, as well as some other games. So that's at DiceUpGames.com if anyone's interested in checking that out. Um, and then we also do a actual play podcast as well. That's pretty fun. Uh, we do it almost weekly with a group of friends we've been role playing with for about two and a half years. Yeah, I'm really enjoy. I'm really enjoying that. It's um, wait, wait, don't roll me, right? That's what it's called. Yes. I'm really looking forward to the Honey Heist game that y'all that that's coming out. <laughs> soon in real time i mean if you're listening to this in the future it's probably already out and you can go enjoy it but me i have to wait for it <laughs> well you and me both can't because i didn't play in that game so i'm and i didn't let tim tell me anything about it so i'm very excited to to hear it as well oh awesome nice all right tim do you have anything to add at oh, all. I think she said it all. I think she said it all. You can yeah, diceupgames.com or you can you can see us on we post every now and then on twitter at uh, at diceupgames yeah. We, we got we have more games uh, on the way and uh, some some other fun projects that we're working on that we uh, we can't talk about just yet but probably pretty soon. All right. So like I said, this week we are playing Shooting the Moon and we have done all of our character creation beforehand. So we're not going to take a bunch of time to do that, but let's go around around the table here and everyone introduce yourself. We'll start. Well, I'll start with as the beloved. I'm playing the beloved with this game. And we're doing a fantasy setting. My character's name is Zelroth Wormtooth. And he is a... Well, he's a very dark, brooding, brooding figure that is always looking to be evil and do evil things. 
and we'll get more into what his goal is here in a minute. But let's jump over to to Tim. Go ahead and tell us about your character. You are suitor number one. Uh, yes, I am suitor number one. I am a minion. Uh, I am Gleek the Goblin, and I come from a long line of minions. My father was a minion, his father before him. And uh, they wanted me to follow in the family tradition. So I'm looking for someone to be a minion to. And it seems like Zelroth Wormtooth may be, may be just evil enough to need a minion. I want to be the right hand of, uh, <laughs> of that overlord. <laughs> All right, Kristen, let's, let's meet your character. Suitor number two. Sure, I'll be playing Winx. Uh, Winx is a gnome. She uh, she tends to be brilliant, but arrogant. And she also would like to be the right-hand minion of Zelroth because she thinks he is just evil enough to be everything she's looking for in an overlord. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's our characters who are... Going to be that suitors are going to be vying. Well, as you heard, the prize is to be the right hand uh, minion to Zelroth Wormtooth. So in the game, the suitors are working towards their goal. They want they want to be uh, they want to well win the affections, and in this case, the win the right handedness of of the beloved, which is me. But the beloved is also working towards a dream, and my dream is well. We're gonna we're gonna leave that secret for just a little while. Uh, Zeroth has big plans that that involve getting access to this dark tower, not the Stephen King dark tower, but a dark tower just on the outside of this village. So I'm gonna start us off with a little prologue that's gonna set the scene of this whole game and get us running. So imagine, if you will, a quaint little village set between. Not not directly between, but 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 surrounded by some mountains off in the distance. It's really pretty. It's a really nice sight, and it's nice and warm year round. Um, but certain parts of it, well, on the outside of town, there's this tall, dark tower just sitting there, ugly, and just kind of exuding darkness from it as well. And it's just kind of a blight on this otherwise idyllic, picturesque village. And it's been there for years. It's been there as long as anybody can remember. And the villagers want it gone, and they have tried demolishing it before, but they, no matter what they do, they cannot tear this thing down. It's as if it is, it is resistant to physical harm. Except there's one villager who stares at this tower daily. He looks at it. He thinks about it. And he knows that because it can't be torn down, there must be some sort of power, some sort of dark, evil power lying inside that tower. And for years, since he was a young child, he has thought about getting into that tower, finding its power, and using it to just rain down destruction on everything in sight. Because destruction is what he's about. He always built up blocks, kicked them over. Whenever he would play with his friends, whatever they would build, he'd just kick it over. Destruction is what this this man is all about. This man, Zelroth Wormtooth. For years, 
he searched for a way. He heard rumors of spells you could cast to open open the door. None of them ever worked. He heard rumors of, well, darker things you could do that may or may not involve sacrifice that would open the door, and it never worked. And then just when he was ready to give up, he heard talk in the local bar of a special magical key that would open the door. And he heard that the old hermit that lives out and deep in the woods had this key because he once had control had access to the tower and and he's the one who locked the door with this key and moved far out of the village into the woods so after years of searching and walking through the woods zelroth wormtooth finally found this hermit in just a small one-room hut in the middle of the darkest part of the woods and so we see the story picks up and we see this hut and we see the open door and we see a dark figure standing inside it and there's a flash and then he walks in a moment passes and he walks out and he has the key and as he walks away the hut begins to burn as this this dark man this this Zelroth wormtooth makes his way back to town with a pouch with an ordinary looking key inside he has finally found this key that is going to open the door to this dark tower on the outside of town where he will harness the power of destruction and destroy everything in his path but as sometimes as there is in life obstacles get in the way and just as Zelroth makes it back to the village a few days later he sees signs that the villagers are happily setting up for the Goddess Festival. The Goddess Festival is a, um, a giant party, a two-week-long party that occurs every 25 years where the villagers pay homage and praise to the goddess. It's just two weeks of partying and worshiping and just having fun and a great time and dancing and games and merriment, everything you could think of, that culminates on the fourteenth night, on the fourteenth night with the blessing ritual, which once it's complete, the goddess will appear and grant the village one request. And Zelroth has know has heard that at the end of this festival, they are going to ask the goddess to destroy the dark tower on the outside of town. This dark tower that appears to be cursed and holds some sort of great evil power and Zelroth knows that this is his chance that his time is running low before he won't have access to this power any longer and with that we'll begin our story so we are going to jump right into Suter 1's turn so Suter 1 that's Gleek the Goblin that's Tim uh, it's going to be a, we're going to set a scene that involves you and the beloved or Gleek and the beloved and Suter 2 will get to play an opponent. That doesn't mean you have to, Kristen, that doesn't mean you have to play Winks, but you are going to play some sort of opponent that's going to try to set a hurdle in, in our way of what we're trying to accomplish. I'll set the scene about what's going on, and then uh, you, can also, you can help with that, set a, set a location uh, that, mes- that, that kind of meshes with your background and your character. So we'll kind of talk through what scene we want to set. And then the opponent will try to just mess it up. You'll try to put obstacles in our, uh, a hurdle in our way. And then we'll, 
we'll have to have responses to that. And we'll kind of build a dice pool of that as we go. Okay, so I think the scene is going to take place at the local tavern. Um, because Zelroth knows he's going to need help with this because he's got a quick time frame of two weeks that he has to, one, try to disrupt this this blessing, this goddess festival and the blessing ritual, uh, which is going to be tough because he's going to have essentially everybody else in the village working against him. So he's going to need some help. So he's going to be there looking, he's look there looking for equally evil people to help him out. So is there anything you want to add, add about that, Tim, that you want to see or anything that's going on currently? Well, uh, it's definitely not common for a goblin to be in this town. Uh, I would probably be chased out if, if people saw me, and and I'm drawn to the town for kind of a different reason. Uh, but but I keep a low profile and a and a very very poorly donned disguise. Uh, but but just just enough to where I you know I keep away from most people. But what draws me to the town or the village is I love the theater. I love everything about the theater, and. Uh, when when uh, whenever I'm I'm in the town, I usually stop by the tavern because that's where the theater folk go after their shows or after their their practices or whatever they call them. Their their uh, what do they call those things? Rehearsals. Rehearsals. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Part part of Gleek is uh, I, one of my attributes is that I'm inept, but I'm also aloof, so I'm not really. I'm not really sure. I don't know that I'm inept. I think I'm pretty capable. Uh, but I, I long to be a thespian. I want to be on the stage and perform. And so I'm in the tavern spying like I normally do and pretending I'm kind of one of the actors after the show. So that's why I'm in the tavern. But when I see when I see Wormtooth sitting there, the other part of me, the goblin part, uh, my parents drilled into my brain is that I have to be a minion. That's what we do. We serve evil people and we do our best to get them what they need to to be evil. And so when I see him, I, I just see his aura glowing around. It's definitely an evil person. I just know it. And so I'm torn. Do I go and look at the thespians or do I go and look at the, the overlord? And I'm definitely going to look at the overlord. I'm going to go. I'm going to approach him. All right. So so at the moment, Zelroth is at the at the bar, and he he's, I mean, just very rudely barkeep. I need a drink right now, at this moment in front of me. And the barkeep's at the other end of the of the other bar, and he looks at Zelroth. He sees who it is, and you know, kind of just takes his time serving other patrons because nobody in this town really takes Zelroth that seriously. He's always been that kid that's always kicking over stuff. That's just his thing. He kicks over everything he comes across. So, Oh, this will not stand. This will not stand. Gleek will not allow this, this overlord to be treated with such disrespect, and he's going to try to get the drink for him himself. Yep. So, Bel- so Zelroth is banging on the bar just impatiently looking at the barkeep, just daggers in his eyes, shooting him straight down, and just, barkeep, I need a drink at this moment now. And the barkeep just it just keeps ignoring him. Allow me. What, what? Leek says. And Zelroth <laughs> looks around. Because I'm tugging on his, on, his, uh, on his robes. 
He says, you, you ba- back away. I'm trying to drink here. Back away. Ah, but I can help you with this. For you see, I am a minion. A minion, you say? Yes, but not just any minion. But a, 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 but a, a minion that could help you with... Uh, and then Gleek just kind of stares off into the, uh, into the rows of, of liquor on the shelf behind the bar, losing his train of thought. Zaroth looks down at him and he says... Well, I'll tell you what, you get you get that barkeep to get me a drink, or get me one yourself, and and we'll see just how good of a minion you are. I have high standards for my minions. I'm actually actually looking for a minion uh, at the moment because I have I have stuff I need done. Uh, there's there's really no pay involved, but um, I understand that. That minioning is, is, is um, and he loses, you know, Zelroth takes a minute and thinks, and he says, I understand that minioning is kind of a, a, a life goal for goblins. So I think I may have an opportunity here for you. Uh, but, but you do, you do have to prove that, that I wouldn't be wasting my time. So you do go, Get that barkeep to give me a drink, or give me a drink. Just you know what? Just get a drink in front of me. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. And Zorak <laughs> turns his back and leans against the bar. All right. So so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna climb up onto the uh, onto the bar real sneakily and goblin like, and I'm gonna stare at the bartender and then back to the drinks and the drinks to the bartender and back. And I'm trying to find that that proper moment. But then it you know it occurs to me that this is a perfect opportunity if I was to if I was to say something uh, that the audience could could uh, just really appreciate about what I'm about to do because that's what the the actors do in all the plays I love and I think about all the different all the different things I've heard them say that I memorize as much as I can and uh, and I, I I stand and I look at him and I I look right at Wormtooth and I say tempt not a desperate man and I leap. To grab a bottle from the bar. All right, so I think this is a perfect time to introduce the hurdle. So, Kristen, you can step in. You've kind of seen what's playing over, and you can introduce your hurdle, whatever you think that that should be. And you're going to get five dice (laughs) for your pull. Okay. And do I roll before I create the obstacle, or do I tell you what the obstacle is and then roll to see if I succeed? Uh, You'll tell us what the obstacle is, and then we will have our responses as so we can build our dice pool, and then we'll all roll as one, or all roll together. Okay. Um, So since since this is my first time creating an obstacle, can I just ask if you agree with this one? I was going to have it be... um, So I know he's already seen the bar keep, but I was going to have it be like the bar back would be the obstacle so someone that's getting in the way of gleek and the drink that is needed for the overlord absolutely that sounds perfect okay all right so you can kind of set that scene a little bit with this you know however you feel uh if, if you have someone a picture of someone in mind or what what they're doing how they how they get in the way okay um so standing behind the barkeep is his wife who was also working as as the barback and um she's a little bit older with her hair in braids and she's just been kind of watching the exchange between uh between gleek and zelroth and she's a little bit annoyed 
by the goblin by the goblin she you know doesn't necessarily like goblins this one seems to think that he's part of the theater and that you know goblins are not allowed in the theater so that's not possible so she's standing there with her arms crossed and she sees the goblin make this brave leap towards a bottle and she just reaches out and removes the bottle right before he he gets to it nice all right so now we're gonna have uh tim and i are gonna build our pool by we're gonna make three responses to the hurdle uh it's kind of a description of what we're going to do to overcome that hurdle of the the bar back the barkeep's wife so, uh, Tim, ours, we have to include at least one of the suitor's attributes and at least one of my attributes. So, as we come overcome this. So, I'll start with a response. Uh, I'm going to use, let's see here, I'm going to use my wicked attribute. So, mm-hmm. whenever the the barback, the, the, the wife, um, steps up and grabs the bottle... I'm going to I'm going to be very wicked and insult her to kind of to kind of uh draw her attention towards me that way she has the bottle but isn't really paying attention to it. So Zelroth turns back around, sees sees this bar back, this woman grab the bo- bottle and he goes, "Oh. Oh, did you roll in from the pigs because good lord lady, I can I can this smell that that you have brought with you, and this—I mean, your demeanor—you're very piggish. The barkeeper's wife is, looks very offended, and her her face turns red immediately. Sir, you will not be served here if you use that type of language and speak to me that way. I will tell my husband immediately and have you removed. Uh, is your husband equally as piggish? Because I tell you that would that would be a match made in well. I'm going to say mud, probably, and filth. Uh, I mean, that's what that's what pigs do. So he's just egging her on, egging her on, keeping her attention. <laughs> Good one, Lord. <laughs> that was amazing. She'll never come back from that. <laughs> and Zelroth kind of, kind of side-eyes, side-eyes the goblin and kind of gives a head motion towards the bottle. So now we can get two dice for the first use of one zone's trait. For a response, uh, one die if you use if, if you use a second of your own trait, and then two dice if you make a suggestion for the other active player and they like it and use it. So we can get two more dice, Tim, if you, you know, by you using one of your own attributes. Okay. Well, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm ambitious, but easily distracted. Uh, and I'm I'm vindictive, but I'm guilt-ridden about it. So so I'm torn between the two, but I think I'm going to go with uh, ambitious first. And I really am trying to make a, a good first impression. And so I, I'm not letting go of this bottle. So if she grabs it, I'm still on the bottle. But I'm a goblin, so it's not that heavy. So so yeah, she's holding it, and you're dangling from it. Oh yeah. <laughs> So I'm I'm dangling from the bottle and and kicking my feet and uh, and while I'm while I'm goading uh, the uh, the overlord and his and his amazing uh, you know burns his sweet burns on the uh, on the the wife of the bartender the uh, the barkeeper's wife was was um, 
so caught up in being flustered with the insults that Zell Roth was hurling at her that she thought that she had moved the bottle completely out of the goblin's way. So she is, is surprised when she hears him laugh and tell the overlord that, you know, that was a good insult because she was unaware that he was holding onto the bottle. So she tries to shake him off. Okay. Yeah. And as she starts to shake him off, Zell Roth says, and, and this attire that, that you have on, uh, I mean, where, where did you, did you roll up a bed sheet, an old used moth ridden bed sheet and just wrap it around your, your disgusting body? <laughs> she, she, she sucks in her breath and looks around the bar for her husband and sees that he's at the other end of the bar and immediately goes to call him over to deal with this rude customer. All right, so as our final final uh, response, Tim, I'm going to, let's see, so we can get two more dice. I'm going to suggest that you that you use your vindictive. Um, that Yeah, you use your uh, vindictive but guilt-ridden trait. <laughs> so I think maybe you do something to physically harm her and immediately feel really bad about it. Uh, I think that... Uh I, I think that in this case, because I'm assuming she's much larger than me and could probably not be that hurt by a, a kick or a, or a punch from a goblin, <laughs> I think the the thing that I do is when, when uh, the overlord, who I'm trying to impress, uh, unleashes his, his last barrage of insults... <laughs> Her, I'm going to say that her a locket around her neck, uh, in my in, in shaking me around, it, it opens and I see that it has two children and their pictures in the locket, and they look exactly like her. And I, I play right off of his insult, but I insult the children, <laughs> and that's just going too far. And I immediately see her face as she goes silent from me insulting the children, and uh, I feel just terrible about it and the pictures that i'm staring at of her two children who they're not they're not beautiful they're not beautiful (laughs) but but they're hers and i know i insulted them and they both morph uh into my parents faces and i know that they're just not happy that i insulted them and i i am just terribly guilt-ridden and but not letting go of the bottle (laughs) maybe you recall recall uh some advice from your parents from long ago where they're like, now being a minion doesn't mean you have to be mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, all right. So we have given our, the the hurdle has been set. We have given our three responses. I feel like, uh, do you think we earned ourselves six dice there, Tim? Do you think we, I I feel good about it. I feel good about it. All right, so what we'll do, uh, Tim, I'm going to let you roll since you two are in the same room. Both of you just roll your dice, your dice pool, uh, and whoever has the most sixes wins. Do I, do I roll five as you well roll, or six as well? You roll five. Five. What did you get? <laughs> this is a sad day. I have two sixes. <gasps> I also have two sixes. All right. So in a in the case of a tie, we hold on. 
because all ties are broken. Players cannot tie. If you've rolled the same number amount, uh, you move, compare the next highest die. So move on to fives if you have fives. I have one five. I have no fives. No. Ah, <laughs> the, so the opponent wins, which means nobody receives any points. And when, on our sheets, we indicate points by filling in those circles that are on our sheets. So nobody gets any points. But the <laughs> opponent gets to assign a trait to both of us. <laughs> <laughs> so based off the situation, you can assign oh. a trait. You just can't be like, you know, uh, Zelroth is now dead. It can't be anything like that. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, she's going to win the game <laughs> in so one you, move. Yeah, you can go ahead and narrate how this plays out, Kristen, and then give us the traits that you feel are appropriate. Or you can okay. give us the traits and then narrate out, however you want to do it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll end the scene first. Uh, so as as Gleek is insulting the the barkeeper's wife with her locket open and the pictures of the children, and um, she's just getting more and more red faced and kind of huffing and puffing. And when he's done, she just throws the bottle down with with him on it, and she grabs the locket and she says, "These are not even my children. These are my niece and my nephew." And that was very rude. And she kicks at him and then she walks away. Who has a locket with their niece and nephew in it? <laughs> it is it is a bizarre choice. Um, that's like carrying around a picture of your baby doll. I mean, because nieces and nephews don't really mean anything in the grand scheme, right? <laughs> I, I know, I know, right? I know, uh, your lordliness. <laughs> and Gleek is slowly hiding the picture he has of his baby doll. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have that? <laughs> but I do have this. And I, I hand him the uh, the bottle that she threw with me, still holding it. <laughs> <laughs> so Jill Roth reaches down, grabs it. Opens it up, pours a nice drink and a nice big drink. It just straight into his mouth. Forgoes the cup, and just tosses it back at Gleek. What what should my my trait be? Yep, what, I'm give, afraid to know. It can be the same traits. You can assign the same trait, or you can assign different traits to us. So based off that. Gosh, okay, this is going to be tough. Um, Tim, do you have any suggestions? <laughs> well, I mean, if, 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 and I don't know that this is the rule, but if it was to be something based on the scene that just happened, uh, I, I, I might be a little bit, uh, I might be hurting in the self-confidence because I now know that the things that I like, which is collecting dolls, <laughs> is not something the overlord values. <laughs> ah. That's a really good one. And so I, would self-conscious be a trait that yeah. work? Yeah, I think so. You can, yeah. Okay. I think maybe for the overlord, uh, we could go with like banned from the tavern. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's very good. All right. So we will indicate those new traits on our sheet. Uh, let me see. And I don't get any points towards the prize. <laughs> Nobody gets any points. No. Shut down. Okay, so with that, that's the first part of round one. We will move on to the second part of round one, which is a scene between Suitor 2 and the Beloved. It's going to play out the exact same way. It's just now it's between us two, and Tim, you will be the opponent. So Insert let's... maniacal laughter. 
<laughs> All right, Kristen. So let's build us a little scene here. Do you have any ideas on where you think maybe where what should be happening? It doesn't have to take place immediately after. We can go – I mean it can or we can go a little bit into the future maybe. Well, does um, – is this how they first meet? Is that the goal of the scene is to – for yeah. the beloved and suitor two to meet? Okay. Yeah, I think that would be a good, a good goal for it. Is there any sort of – not library exactly, but she is um, – she's very into books. And I was thinking if he might need some information – on the tower or something. Yeah, I think there would definitely be a library that he's probably frequented before trying to find out any information he can on this tower. So so real quick, something just popped into my head that you can totally cut out if it doesn't work, but I cannot help. But what just popped into my head was the scene from Disney's uh, Beauty and the Beast where she's walking through the town singing that song about the about the people <laughs> and she's got all of her books except this is an evil little pink-haired gnome who's singing the same lyrics because they're such a provincial town and stupid people <laughs> but she's like a she's like an evil Hermione Granger <laughs> I do Sorry. like that I do like it what do you think about that Kristen uh, I, I I like it as well I think okay. it's funny because she's uh she always wears dark robes and yes she has purple pigtails that she wears. <laughs> All right, so I will set it up just a little bit, and then then okay. we'll bring you in to to do your part. You don't need. I mean, you can sing if you want, but you don't have to. Oh no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So it's gonna. We're actually we're gonna pick up just after. So we see this tavern. Uh, it's just you know the shot is just of this tavern. It's a nice little tavern. Uh, nothing too fancy. Has a little sign on the on the outside that says the tavern in because the owners are very unoriginal uh, which is not a reflection of the gm right now and coming up with <laughs> names of places <laughs> and so we can hear birds chirping we can hear just muffled sounds of of tavern sounds of people enjoying drinks and merriment and then the door bursts open and we see zelroth wormtooth dragged out by this large piggish looking barkeep and thrown into the street and the barkeep grunts at him and says nothing and points down the road and turns around steps back into the tavern and slams the door so Zelroth picks himself up off the ground dusts himself throws a few curses at the building and walks down the street he, he buries his hands into his cloak uh, and just kind of Looks down at the ground and Charlie Browns it down the street, just kicking some rocks here and there, just thinking, you know, I really, he's just in his head thinking, I have, you know, that goblin, you know, he had some spunk. He, he seemed really, really ambitious there and, you know, but I feel like, I mean, he's a goblin. He's, how much, how much can he do for me? I mean, he seems to be a good distraction. Uh, he seems to to be ready to, to to do whatever I need. And he's just in his mind thinking about this and just kind of deciding he needs, maybe the goblin isn't the right minion for him. And about that moment, he he hears somebody coming down, down the way. And he looks and he sees this gnome carrying a bunch of books. Yes, so uh, Winks is walking through the town towards the towards the library 
and she is uh, quietly singing to herself the <laughs> similar song from the Beauty and the Beast movie, although she is singing it very sarcastically, and she's in, in dark robes, and there is there's definitely not a smile on her face. She, she seems more um, annoyed or put off by the people around her and is, is just <laughs> trying to get to the library to be with her books. <laughs> All right. So as she's coming closer, Zelroth, he, he kind of changes his course to intercept her and he meets up with her and just about runs her over because she's got a bunch of books. Maybe, you know, she can't see very well. And he steps up in front of her. He says, you there gnome, do you, you, you like to read books? Do you? Oh yes. I, I have read every, every book in this town. Every book in this town. Yes, sir. He put he, he he strokes his long gray beard that he rubs charcoal in to make it dark. But as he rubs it, you can see the charcoal is rubbing off, and you see just the gray behind it. And he says, "So you would say you know everything about this town and the surrounding the surrounding stuff. You know the forest." Uh, the cave over there, the, you know, the dark tower back there, the river. You would say you know all about that stuff, right? Well, I know a little bit about the river and the animals that live in the cave and the length of the forest, but I know the most about the tower. The most about the dark tower, huh? And he, he quits stroking his beard and he, he kind of rubs his forehead and leaves a nice black trail of, of, of charcoal dust on it. And he says, well, he says, I may, what would you think of helping me access it? And he pulls this, this, he looks around, makes sure nobody's looking. And he pulls this, this little pouch out. And he says, he says, you see, I, I, I've recently, I've recently come into possession of this key and he shows you this key it's a real basic key just a silver key made of pure silver with just two teeth on it and the end and the the head of it's just just a basic like clover pattern and he says would you know would you from from your book reading would you say you this this key seems special to you Winks goes quiet for several seconds as her mind races because she's thinking a couple of things here. Um, one, she has heard of this key and um, she has seen rough sketches of it and she's pretty sure this this is the key to, to the tower, which she has quite the interest in. Um, the other thing is, is she has read several books about previous dark lords and overlords, and almost all of them have graying beards. And she is now very um, attracted to this overlord in the sense that he has a graying beard, so he must be evil and he must be powerful, and she really would like to become um, his minion and and partner with him to go into the dark tower um, and see what kind of evil and magic it holds. Out loud, she she says, "Yes, I, I have seen I've seen sketches of this key. Um, I believe, sir, that it will open the door to the tower itself." And he, his eyes 
widen for just the briefest of moments. And then he, he, he kind of grabs control of himself and he says, hmm, he said, that's, that's interesting news. How about, how about we go over to the, ta- oh, nope, um, I can't go to the tavern. So let's see where, and he looks around, he's like, do you know of a secret place that we could go and discuss this matter further? I think at this point we should bring our opponent in to set Master, up. Master, you you forgot this. And I come I come running towards him, and it's definitely Gleek who's inserting himself into the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Comes running out, and uh, it, there's this uh, this walking stick in his hand, and it's it it's it's clearly not for the overlord uh, whether or not he needs a walking stick or, or a cane uh, this is a it's a it's a purplish kind of carved wood cane with a nice little bird beak head thing on the top and it definitely matches an outfit of a woman who was also seen in the tavern um, that we were in and but gleek doesn't know that he's a little bit aloof a little bit inept but very, very ambitious, and he is he is running towards the Overlord and runs right in between the two of them, uh, anime style, just sort of appearing, uh, sliding uh, uh, horizontally in between them with the offering of the Overlord's quotes, air quotes, cane. You forgot this in the bar, Master. And so, with with the appearance of the Goblin uh, and the sliding and the inserting himself between the two. I think the, the, the staff, as he's so eager to, to give it to the Overlord, I think it hits the key and definitely knocks it out of his hand. And the key goes spiraling off, you know, 10 or 15 feet, just, you know, way farther than it realistically should. And it just lands in the middle of the street. Not again! <laughs> All right, so now we have this key that has been knocked out, and we have this goblin who's inserted himself into this conversation... So let's come up with some responses. And Kristen, I will let you let you start with a response. So just again to uh, refresher, responses have to include at least one of the suitor's attributes or traits and then one of the beloved's af- attributes or traits. We can get two dice for the, our first use of, our, of one of our own traits, one die for a second use of one of our own, and then two die if we make a suggestion to the other active player and they like and use it. Do you want me to tell you what attribute I'm using? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'm trying to decide between arrogant, um, I guess brilliant and arrogant in this case. Uh, I think I'm going to go with arrogant. I think I'm going to go with arrogant. Uh, so with Gleek in between Winks and the Enzel Roth, um, Winks is going to smack Gleek on on the back of the head to get his attention so that he will turn around and, and look at her and as and as soon as he does she she grabs the cane um and she starts to kind of very confidently uh put him down and bark orders at him so um you fool you made him drop this very important key do you see it you must find it for us immediately all right and so for my response, I'm going to use my greedy. And Zelroth, the moment the key goes flying out of his hands, he is watching it. He is tracking it. He sees, and in his mind, he's like, 
oh crap and then his mind's like oh my god and then his mind's like how in the hell is that key flying so far away and then he takes off running and dives across the street just with greed all in his face and his fingers are doing that little grubby thing that you do when you're trying to grab up as much of something as you can as he's flying through the air to grab this key because he knows he has to have this key and no one else can have this key. So his greed is taken over as he is diving and he's yelling out just nothing but sounds it's like blah, 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 as he's diving for this key. Um, can Winks see this and then also run over to try to help him find the key? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because she really wants to, at this point, she really would like to not only impress him, but she is very interested in the key itself and the Dark Tower. So um, I think that maybe partway through uh, insulting the goblin and telling him to find the key, she sees that this man that she just met is is diving towards this key and and she drops the cane that she took from the goblin and she starts to um with her short little leg starts to run after him to assist with finding the key so let's see we have one more response um if you have any suggestions or anything motivated so maybe maybe you're Actually, if you didn't spot the key right away, you're actually down on the ground trying to hunt through leaves or mud. Um, and maybe if people are walking by, even asking, you know, don't don't step here. I'm looking for a key, trying to get assistance from people. I don't know if that plays into motivated at all. All right. So Zaroth's on the ground, and he's he's greedily searching for this key and but he just can't find it he watched it the whole way why has he lost it now maybe maybe somebody kicked it and so he's searching with with a fervor he's really really motivated to find it and he's he's just on his hands and knees crawling and as people walk by he's like get out of the way move move i'm I, move i gotta find it i gotta find it and he's just searching and searching and finally he he spots it and so I think now we'll roll and based off who wins, see if he see what happens with the key. I think we earned our six dice, right? Right? I think so. Tim, do you disagree? Oh yes, I think you only get one. <laughs> well, I think we get at least five. So I could I, I see you. I see Gleek your had game, the perfect sir. idea. Gleek <laughs> had the perfect idea for you that whole time, but he's not helping. <laughs> no, of course you guys. That was perfect. I think right. you guys get six. I'll go. I ahead. get four. Is that right? No, you get five. You get five. Oh dear. Yeah, I'll go ahead and roll for us if if you don't object, Kristen. Oh please, go ahead. Okay. What am I measuring? Uh, you just roll all five, and uh, six. The most sixes wins. It's the same as last time. I have one six. I have one six. So, oh, so my next highest is a four. Oh, I've got two fives. So <laughs> active players take this one. And when active players win, we each gain a new trait chosen by ourselves. Uh, we each get one point towards our goal. So, Kristen, you can fill in one of your circles there to your prize. And then we'll work together to narrate. Oh, narrate! Good lord, we'll work together to narrate <laughs> the outcome of the situation together. So, um, do we want to do traits first, or do we want to narrate first? Um, 
We can narrate first, close the scene, and then add our traits. All right, Tim, you get to sit back silently. Actually, you can interject when you want. But <laughs> All right, so we'll pick up there with Zelroth spotting the key. And it's about, it's about eight feet away, and there's a couple people standing right there in front of it. So he knows he has to to crawl and get those people to move and grab that key without really letting them know that there's something special behind them. So he started to crawl over there and he's like, Oh, I lost it. I lost my, my, uh, handkerchief. Uh, yeah, my very snotty, gross handkerchief. Oh, there it is behind you too. Um, Winks is, is running over to him during this time. And she also spots the key and, and she, she kind of grabs him by the arm and, and she says, Oh, my Lord, please don't bother yourself with this mud and this dirt and these peasants. Please pick yourself up and I will I will get down and get the key. And she runs over and she shoes people out of the way and, and grabs the key and, and cleans it off on her robes and brings it back to him. And when she when she brings it back, he says, uh, I do have to correct you. Uh, I like the my Lord thing. Uh, I like it quite a bit. Um, let's try my Lord Zelroth Wormtooth on for size. Uh, shoot that back at me. Let's see how that sounds. My Lord Zelroth Wormtooth. I know it's a mouthful, but let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, Winks uh, feels her eye twitches a little bit as she's she's uh, slightly annoyed <laughs> as she is by most people. However, he, he doesn't seem to notice it and, and she hides it by, by by pretending to to bow to him slightly and says, oh, of course, my Lord Zelroth Wormtooth, the Great. He, 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 he smiles and he, he rubs his, his beard, taking off a little more of the charcoal dust. He says, the bow is a nice touch. He's like, I think adding the Great on the end may be in a little bit of overkill, but I do like the bow. Hmm. He's like, I like you. Uh... Gnome person, what 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 is your name, gnome? My name is Winks, right. Lord Zelroth Wormtooth. Oh, that feels so good. I'm going to call you Winks the gnome. Is that okay? I think that's okay. I don't need your opinion on it. I think that's excellent. <laughs> Winks the gnome. Winks the gnome. I am. Well, you know I am. And he puts his hands on his hips and he stares and he says, "I am." Your lord, Zelroth Wormtooth. Sometimes the great. <laughs> and Winks does another another small bow. Which he knowing that he likes it. <laughs> yeah, he likes it. And he just stares off into the sunset just long enough to make it uncomfortable. And he says, Oh <laughs> Oh, and he he grabs the key, drops it back in the pouch, and he says I thank you much for your assistance. And he turns around. And he 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 sees Gleek the goblin. What's what's Gleek doing? <laughs> so when the last thing that happened to Gleek was that he was reprimanded by someone his size, which doesn't normally happen. They're normally bigger than him. But he <laughs> he's in a he's in a bowing position where she left him. That's it. He hasn't seen any of what has just gone on. He's he's waiting for an order that never came. <laughs> All right, so let's assign our, our new traits. Uh, I'm going to give myself inflated ego. <laughs> because Zelroth is definitely pleased at the moment. 
Well, I know this is like a, a pretty standard like D and D trait, but I'm thinking because she was able to to um, please him so much, something like charisma, although it doesn't need to be charisma itself, like charm. Charm. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I like charm. Yep. A mix between charm and placating. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to call it charm. Yeah. <laughs> we go with charm. Fewer <laughs> syllables. All right. So next, we will move on to the final turn in round one, which is the beloved's turn. So I get to choose a hurdle for you two. You two will be the active players. Um, so I start. It's a little differently. I get to assign a hurdle level, which is basically... I decide how difficult it is. So there's three levels. I can do a level one where it's just basically a challenge and the winner will get a one point reward. Two, the suitors can face danger and harm. Uh, The reward is two points. And three, everybody can face danger and harm, uh, but the reward is three points. So as the beloved, first thing, I'm going to set a hurdle level. uh, And I'm going to go with a level two, which means that the suitors can face danger or harm, but the reward... Uh, is going to be two points to whoever. And in this round, unlike the suitor rounds, we'll be each uh, building our own individual dice pool. So there'll be three dice pools to roll against, and we'll all roll against each other. So I'm going to set the scene. So the scene is we're all standing there in the street. So Zelroth, after awkwardly staring off into the sunset, takes a deep breath, smiles, and turns and sees this goblin that that so valiantly tried to secure his drink at the tavern kneeled or uh, bowed over just standing there in the street just bowed over and so he walks over a little ways and he says you goblin uh was it uh gluck gluck the goblin that's what it was right gluck the goblin Yes, yeah, yes, Gluck, Gluck the goblin that's what I've always gone by Gluck never gleek Gluck always Gluck it's always been Gluck uh, your your lordliness. Excellent. Uh, ooh, lordliness. Uh, hmm. Uh, yeah. Winks. Uh, Winks. He turns around. And he says, "Winks, can can I'm going to need you to explain to Gluck here um, how he should refer to me going forward." Winks walks over and makes sure that to stand right next to um, Zelroth and uh, instructs. Uh, Gluck, um, you need to call him Lord Zelroth Wormtooth and try to bow correctly when you say it. And so he and, looks, and, he looks, oh, sorry, go ahead. He looks down at Gluck and he says, "Okay, let's let's try this again. Uh, go, go, yes, go right now, go." <laughs> Immediately, in 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 what's going on in Gluck's mind is he thinks, because he's aloof, that's, his, that's one of his attributes, he thinks that because he's being told how to address his lord, that he got the job. <laughs> and that this is new hire orientation, and he is thrilled. Thrilled, but still aloof. And so he bows, but not perfect. And he, with everything he has, says, as you wish, your Wormy, toothy lordliness, master. 
And Zelroth looks down at this goblin, and he puts his fingers up under his chin, and he raises him back to a standing position, and he says, Well, we definitely have work to do here. And he pats the goblin on the head, and turns his back, and starts to walk down the street. And leaves the work two... Work to do here. <laughs> I and, got the job. <laughs> and so Zelroth is continuing down the street, just walking down the middle of it. He has this pouch in his hand, he's kind of tossing it up, catching it, tossing it up, catching it. And he gets down the street, and he turns around, and he looks, and he sees you two are uh, standing there still, and he says... Well, let's come on, come along, come on. Work to do. Winks immediately follows after him, ahead of Gluck. Gluck is still staring off into the clouds, and he's just saying the same word. Work. After a few steps, Winks stops and looks back and notices that the goblin hasn't moved, and she sighs and she walks back over and grabs him by the hand and says come on he wants you to come too of course of course of course and uh you you are uh winks realizes that this uh this goblin might not be quite as brilliant as she is <laughs> so she says oh i am lord zelroth Wormtooth's right hand minion you are here to assist me as well as him. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun. You are the right hand to the right hand of the manager. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying I'm assistant to the manager? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so. Not no, go ahead. Yeah. And, and so, whenever y'all catch up enough, Zelroth turns and begins to walk. Uh, and as he's walking in, you two are, are trailing, uh, just slightly behind. Uh, he, he's, he begins to, to talk. He says, So, look look over yonder. Do you see, you see that, that magnificent tower just, just off in the distance there, outside of, outside of the village? Magnificent tower off in the. Uh, you see that Glee, Gluck is is uh, really quickly writing with his hand uh, on a invisible notepad with no pen, and he's making notes of everything that the Lord is saying. He's he he's, he he tosses the bag up in the air and catches. He says, "This is going to open that tower, and I'm going to use its power." To destroy everything. Everything. Destroy everything. Everything. And he turns and he looks and he sees some kids playing and he goes, destroy everything. And he kicks the ball out of their hand. (laughs) (laughs) And continues down the street. (laughs) He says, that will... feels terrible about this. He says, that will be my home. But right now, my home... And he stops... And he turns to his left. He says, my home is over there. He says, you see that <laughs> that puny that puny cottage at the end of the road? You see it right there? Yes. That is my home right now. And all my stuff's in there. But tonight, tonight I'm, op- I'm opening that tower. And I'm walking inside of it. So what I need you to do, both of you, Gluck, 
Gluck the Goblin, Winks the Gnome, I need you to go, and I need you to get my stuff. There's not much of it. A couple cloaks, a couple books, uh, some some replacement shoes. Uh, there is a can of charcoal. Don't ask what it's for. Um, and I have a nice hat. It's it's up in the top of my closet. I don't wear it very much because you know it's it's yellow, and yellow is not really my thing. But it's nice to to put it on and, and walk around in the woods. You know, even even the evilest 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 of overlords needs that little ray of sunshine just every once in a while. I need you to get all that stuff, and I need you to bring it to the tower because. We have plans. This 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 village. I'm sure you've seen the flyers for this goddess festival. Uh, it makes me sick. And he spits in the dirt. He says, "We cannot allow this goddess festival to happen." Winks immediately spits in the dirt as well. The sound of the the goddess festival and um, agrees to uh, immediately go and get everything and um, and move it to the dark tower. And so Zoro says, I'm going to go go wait by the tower. I have one stop to make before, but I will meet you at the tower this evening. Have my stuff. Bring it there, and we will enter together. And then we will get to work. And he rubs his hands together. We will get to work on destruction. And he looks around. It doesn't see anything to kick over. So he snatches the 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 stick out of, Glee, out of Gluck's hand and... and Puts hose it in front of him and kicks it down the street and walks off. <laughs> That's right, master. Go, cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. And he turns around. And he says, "Do you say something, Gluck? Gluck the Goblin." Gluck is, Gluck, Gluck is holding a an amazing position, uh, just so theatrical. One hand in the air and his hands open and in the other hand, a small skull is sitting in a small. It, it's it's a prop. It's a it's a it's a theater prop, but it's a skull and it's in his hand and he just looks just in his mind epic. <laughs> and Zelroth, but he's frozen. He's frozen in place waiting for the crowd in his mind to stop clapping. <laughs> and Zelroth chuckles a little bit and says, well, if nothing else, you'll make a fine court gesture. And he turns <laughs> and heads off. So we've got a level two hurdle. We've set the scene of you two. So we'll we'll go ahead and role play out a little bit of you two gathering up the stuff, and then I'll bring in the hurdle. I'm still in a frozen position. Uh, so Winks is going to go over to to Gluck and snap her fingers in in front of his face while rolling her eyes slightly. Uh, Gluck, Gluck, we have we have work to do. Ah! Gluck falls into the puddle that they both spit in. He looks up at her and he says, Ugh, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Where are we going? We need to go to Lord Zelroth Wormtooth's home and move all of his items to the Dark Tower. I am going to supervise and take inventory while you move the items themselves. So it's a close-up of, of uh, Gluck's face, and, and all these words, these written words on the screen are floating by his head that she's saying. They're very big words, like inventory. And they're going by his head, and he just very wide-eyed, not blinking, not blinking at all. And he just sort of 
waits for her to realize that he has no idea what she just said. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> I'm, because she's lazy, so <laughs> she's, she's not going to do it. Uh, the combination of lazy, inept, and aloof. <laughs> so, can, can I ask you a question here? Yeah. So, the children that were that were playing um, ball, can we involve them, or do we not want to involve the NPCs? Oh, you can do whatever you wish. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Winks looks down at Gluck, who is, who is sitting on the ground and staring up at her blankly, and she sighs, and her eye starts to twitch again. And she, she looks around in wonder. She certainly does not want to move the stuff herself, so she needs to find someone to do it for her. And if the goblin's not going to do it, then it's going to have to be someone else. And she spots the children, um, three of them that were that were playing um, ball earlier, that Zelroth had taken the ball and, and kicked it, which she thought was hysterical. By the way, she doesn't like people or children. Uh, and she walks over to them to have a conversation to see if she can convince them to move the items for her and Gluck. Yeah, so the kids look up and as she, she uh, give, give them your sales pitch. Okay. Hello, children. She, she bows slightly. My name is Winks the Gnome, and I am a very powerful sorceress. Ooh. And, and I will do a magic trick for you and grant you a magical item if you first will do me a favor. What is it? What, uh, what, what's your favor? I, oh, uh, it's just one of them's really speaking for the group. The, 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 the bigger one. He's like, we love magic. So, so yeah, what, 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 what's the favor? What's the favor? Well, I'm moving and I have just a few items that need to be taken from here up towards that lovely tower right over there. And she points to, to where the tower is. And I had asked this goblin to help me. She gestures over to, to Gluck. But as you can see, he is useless, and you all look very strong and capable, so I'm asking for your assistance. And they all look to the tower. They see it. Their eyes go wide. They kind of reel back. They cross themselves, spit on the ground, <laughs> say a blessing, and they say, and the one turns to you says, we'll help you put stuff in boxes, and but we, we won't go near that tower so we'll take it to the edge of town, uh, edge of the village over there. But then, then you'll have to you'll have to carry it yourself the rest of the way, or 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 get your goblin goblin friend there to to help you. But that's as far as we'll go. Our moms and dads told us we can't go near the tower. Yes, that will be perfectly fine. My goblin can do the rest from there. Thank you so much. And she starts to lead them over towards the the hut so that they can get to packing, and then she will. Um, she believes that she can convince Gluck to, to carry it from the edge of town. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we can enact we can enact montage mode if we need to for for the packing of the house. And Zelroth's montage mode is him uh, trying to sneak back into the tavern to get a drink and getting tossed out again <laughs> because he is banned from the tavern. <laughs> 
They will never let him back in. Never. <laughs> so, um, should we pick up at the edge of town, or Gluck, did you want to do anything during the montage? Well, I, I just imagine the montage being, uh, you know, Winks, the gnome, on a on an elevated pile of boxes that have already been packed, shouting orders at the young kids as they're going in and out with more and more stuff, and Meanwhile, the, every now and then the camera cuts over to, to Gluck, who is, it looks like, from a close, a close uh, in, uh, uh, you know, uh, angle of the camera, that he's not doing much. He's just sort of measuring pieces of wood. And this one's smaller than this one, so he throws it, and he has the big one, and then he picks up another one. This one's smaller, so he throws it, and it keeps cutting back to him, but, but uh, it will reveal at one point that he's, he's actually assembling like a uh, one of those uh uh like a, just basically a push cart. Oh. That is what it looks like anyway. All right, so the that's a good montage. I think that's that's about exactly the way it would go. So we so the montage ends and we'll say real time uh picks up as they're exiting the house. The children are packing their boxes. And you're all walking down the street, and you get to the end of the street. You're about to turn onto the main, the main uh, thoroughfare through through the village. And as you do, you see four people standing in your way with, uh, well, crudely fashioned weapons. One has a pitchfork. One has a club that looks like it was just ripped off a table. Uh, one of them has a bottle that a bends down and cracks it over a rock. And puts that in front of them, and the other one just starts cracking their knuckles. They're real, you know, the real big men and women standing there. And they look, and they say, when did a goblin uh, come to town? And, and a gnome, uh, what brings you two to town? And why why did we see you see you with that, that worm-tooth fella? We're looking at We're each looking other. We're looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to go first? <laughs> this is our hurdle. A, a gang of upset villagers. Um, Winks is, is going to, for now, ignore the, the question about Zelroth, but she will take the arm of Gluck the Goblin and say... Um, um, oh, fine, fine, sirs. I'm just escorting my friend here, um, who is not quite right in the head, uh, back to his home to safety. We'll we'll be out of the way shortly. And if they, you'll just let us pass. And they step up, and and the, the woman on the end says, "Just like a gnome to to confuse confuse us men and women with each other and uh, can't you see I have have big healthy breasts upon me I am clearly a woman and you you call me a sir and she takes the 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 table leg and and hits it in the palm of her hand and then one of the men says looks at the kids and says Billy you drop that box and you get your ass home right now and he says Zane and and Charlie, you two run home to your mothers. And Billy goes, but 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 she promised us a magic trick. So Gluck is uh, is being held by Winks in, in the arm, and she was just explaining that she was escorting uh, him to his home, and him being a little bit uh, aloof and a little bit distracted usually 
confuses the situation for actually needing the help at first that he's actually being escorted instead of doing this thing that they were doing. And so he looks like he's pretty much convinced, but when she does the thing where she hits the stick on her, on her hand and threatens, uh, he has a flashback to his childhood where, uh, his parents and many other of the goblins were being threatened by villagers with pitchforks and sticks of, you know, sticks and chair legs and were shouting. And he looks at this and he says to winks, do not, do not worry. I think, I can handle this. But fear not. Fear not. I will speak daggers to her, but I will use none. <laughs> and I turn, Gleek, Gleek turns, and he straightens his back, and he walks towards them all, this mob of people, and he says, Good people, we are just leaving your town. You will do three responses each, and actually there's a menu of options that you choose from from the, uh, from the game manual. Wow, you get a lot of dice in this. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember hearing that. And then, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be rolling seven, just based off the level of the of the the hurdle. Okay, so I can do one involving my own character's trait, which is kind of what we've already done, previous scenes, right? Right. Using our own traits. Okay. Um, I don't want to create a complication because we actually do want to get out of here. So, I think I'll do. I think I'll start with involve your own character's trait. And then I'm going to try my new trait, charm, and see if I can basically back up what Gluck is saying about that we are, mean them no harm and we're, we're leaving. We're leaving their town. Okay, Does that so, sound fine? Yeah, that sounds good. So the okay. scene is uh, Gluck has just spoken, and the four villagers, the three men and one woman, are all gripping their weapons and cracking their knuckles and waving sharp glass pieces at your face. And they all kind of take another step towards you. There's about, there's about eight to 10 feet between you two or between you and the group. Okay. So Winks is going to uh, walk over to stand beside, beside Gluck. And, and as she, as she does, so she's kind of fighting the, um, the twitching in her eye and the annoyance building in her stomach at the lady's comment to her um, because she realizes earlier that she was able to please Lord Zelroth Wormtooth by basically charming or placating him. And she's going to uh, dig deep and try to do that again to get her and Gluck out of this situation so that they can make sure that they help the the dark Lord with his, with his mission. So she walks up and stands next to Gluck and basically echoes what he has, has said. My friend here is correct. Fine sirs and lovely madam. Um, we will be out of your way very quickly. We mean you no harm and we're leaving the town immediately. If you will just allow us to pass. And they look at you, and I mean, your your compliment to the woman definitely definitely changes her demeanor a little bit. She smiles a little bit. Maybe she's never never been called lovely or, or had a nice thing said about her, but you know, she does she doesn't look as as threatening anymore. But the men, the men, the men say, "Well, you're you're not getting out of town without without a bit of a beating. I know that much." Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh, so. I, I wasn't thinking about this at first, but then when when the person just said we're not leaving without a beating, 
it occurs to me it, like just it just jumps in and i and i've i feel like you know gluck has been in character now he's he's a hero he stood in front of them he he thought he could handle the scene and it was definitely all a show but sometimes the show then becomes reality and so he i think i'm going to use the sacrifice oh so the sacrifice lets it lets me cross a traitor attribute off my sheet and replace it with one that substantially changes my character and that all the players agree on. Uh, so my thought here is, uh, I I would like to cross off. I don't know if it would be inept or maybe vindictive because I was so guilt ridden earlier. I'd cross that off, but I I would like to add something like heroism. Oh. Yeah, I like like the, he's yeah. trying like like he's trying to embody the heroes that he watches on stage. Okay, and what what I'm going to do to play to play this to role play this is he's going to place a hand in front of Winks when the person says we're not leaving without a beating, and he says, "My lords, my ladies, I will take the beating." So he's he's going to take the beating as the sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> they could beat me up, <laughs> but Winks and and the cargo go free. Yeah, so 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 the the man that with us just just bare hands. He says, "Well, as long as I get to give a beating, I guess it doesn't have to be to both of you. I just need to satisfy." And he holds up his right hand. He says, "Lightning," and he holds up his left hand. He says, "And thunder." <laughs> <laughs> and they all they all take a bit of a step closer to you. The, and uh, the woman on the end is Gluck, is is, is, is kind of uh, the woman on the end is back just a little bit. She's still she's still feeling a little bit of good about the compliment that was thrown her way. <laughs> Gluck Gluck uh, makes a signal with his hands so Winks and the others can or keep going past, and he he, he looks at the, the the mob of four people or four, three people that are about to beat him up, hearing the thunder and the lightning, and and he just says, and he, as he stares up into the sky. Bring on the storm! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's see. Um, Uh, If you want to do flirt with a beloved, I will definitely make sure that Zelroth appears back in the scene. So you can do it if if that's one you want to use, either of you. Okay. I was was thinking that I wanted to continue to... um, talk to the woman to see if she can talk the the men down I'm, I don't want to create a complication for the other suit I don't want to throw you under the bus <laughs> just leave <laughs> believe me my very first thought was I'm just going to go but <laughs> I'm about to get beaten pretty bad the complication could be what relates to that beating <laughs> well we still have one we can play before we have to do like a Hail Mary at the end still use my charm only because I can see that the woman is staying back behind the men. And I think maybe she can help talk them out of giving Gluck a beating. Yeah. I don't see anything saying you can't use the same one twice. So So, after Gluck bravely says that he will take the beating as long as myself and the, the uh, Zelroth's cargo basically can, can pass by then Winks is going to take a step kind of to the side and, and closer to the woman and, and address her directly because she can see that the hesitation on her face and in her body language. And she's hoping that this woman will, will help calm the men down. So um, 
my lovely madam, please do not have my dear friend take a beating from these from these men. Um, I can see that you are a a lady of honor and of grace, and I I plead to you, please assist us and let us pass peacefully without my friend having to take any sort of beating from from these men. And the lady, she she looks at you and she and just a big smile. She's glowing and she says, "Well, that's just." Nobody ever talks to me sweet like that. She looks down. She turns, and her face turns angry, and she says, You hear that, Dave? No one ever talks to me that way anymore. And the guy holding the glass bottle looks, and he goes, he looks at her, and his mouth drops open. <laughs> and he, he clenches the glass bottle, and he looks at, at Winks, and he says, Well, you done went and made me look like a foolish husband in front of my wife, so I'm going to focus my beating on you. Uh, that's good. all right tim you are up all right uh well the one thing that's floating through gluck's mind is that winks just called him her friend (laughs) (laughs) and what i'd like to do is the second one, which is involve your own character's trait and add a related new complicating trait to your character sheet. And the trait that I'm going to uh, uh, use, I think here is going to be uh, aloof because I don't hear the sarcasm that's in her voice about being my friend. (laughs) But I am going to act heroically and... (laughs) Call that one out, uh, Dave. I think. I think I'll, I'll, I'll role play it. But uh, the, and then the new, the new, because I have to do a new related or uh, complication. The complication is going to be. What do I for a, a new complicating trait? So that would be like like my aloof or distractor, guilt ridden kind of stuff. Yeah. So so the complicating trait I wrote down for Kristen is anger of Dave. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay. So I'm going to put. Uh, if I can do something like this, basically it would be called friend of winks because <laughs> I think that we're really good friends now. We'll, we'll put air quotes around friend. Yep. <laughs> of winks. And uh, when, when, what is Dave, what did Dave say again? <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said um, something along the lines of, well, you just made me look like a foolish husband in front of my wife. Something to that effect, and he and he's basically going to be so I'm going gonna, after. Yeah, so I'm going to put my beating on you. <laughs> All right, so so nobody talks to Gluck's friends like that, and he only has one. <laughs> and he he looks at him and he says, <laughs> he says, uh, he says, stop that knave, and he points right at Dave's face, <laughs> really really high up. And uh, and he says, he says, tempt not this desperate man. And Dave, and then oh. and then he and then he with his thumb runs it across his nose, putting up both of his dukes, and starts to move his feet in a in a way that makes it look like he's going to dance in a boxing <laughs> ring. And he keeps he keeps he likes the feeling of the nose and the thumb thing, so he keeps doing it 
a little too much. Like I think he's doing, he's going with a little too much of the nose thumb thing, but he's definitely calling Dave out for a one-on-one fight. And Dave, at, at, at when he hear when when he hears you addressing me, turns he goes, "Well, first off, it's Dave and not Nave." <laughs> and that's where he stops because I'm, I'm, <laughs> because even though it's a voice, it's it it. It's an accent I hear daily. I cannot nail down how to continuously do it. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, Kristen, I think okay. we are up to you for your last response. Yeah. So, I'll do sacrifice. Okay. Um, and remind me, what was the last thing you just did, Gluck? I oh, you're dancing yeah. around. Yes. Yeah. Vigorously yes. thumbing that nose. I am yes. floating like a butterfly and about to sting like a bee. So Winks sees Gluck uh, dancing around kind of humorously, uh, but he he thinks he's being very heroic, um, getting ready to, to fight these men, or at least Dave over here. And it's not going to be a fight. We're going to just be pummeled. So she's going to take one last attempt at um, hopefully getting this woman on their side to either um, calm the men down and call them away, or at least cause some sort of disturbance among them that they can, her and Gluck can sneak away. So Winks will, will close the distance between herself and the woman. And she walks over and she, she takes the woman's hand in hers and, and she says, Madam, you're you're just so beautiful and so well spoken, and clearly you deserve a more loving and caring husband than than the one that um, fate has bestowed upon you. Um, I th- I think as your new friend that you should consider possibly leaving your husband and finding someone new, someone who is worthy of you and all of your beauty. All right. I'm going to hold off on any, any actions from, from the villagers and Tim, go ahead and do yours. We're going to let the dice rolls uh, cool. d- dictate how that, whether she takes your advice or doesn't. All right. So if I wanted to create a complication for the other suitor, <laughs> The beloved has to approve it. What is the the complication? Like, does it become a trait, or is it just something that makes it harder for them? Well, my thought was, well, my my thought was like, I one of those moments like in the movies where, like, uh, the the two people who are against each other and don't like each other see each other. One of them sees the other in a different light. And starts to think differently about them. And the complication I was going to do here is that when, when she sees that, that Gluck has, has, you know, stood up to the bad guys to take the beating for, and then, and then is willing again to, to challenge the big one, one-on-one looking like he's not going to win. As he's dancing around, the light hits him in a certain way, and Wink sees, <laughs> sees like in slow motion, Gluck just this look of total resolution on his face that he's going to he's going to take this guy out and she doesn't despise him as much <laughs> <laughs> that's my complication for her in that moment 
the complication is that is that Winx does not despise me as much. But I don't. Nothing changes about me. I'm I'm just <laughs> eagerly awaiting this fight that I think I'm about to win. All right. So I think we're ready to roll dice. So we will roll dice and then figure out how how this fight turns out. I'm rolling seven. How much are you two rolling? Oh geez, I had a five and two threes. <laughs> I'm rolling ten. I've got the uh, I've got eleven here. Good lord! You got a you got a three, a two, and a five. Yeah. I had a three, a three, and a five. Okay. Well, let's see if I can roll them though. Stop distracting me. Oh jeez. <laughs> ten dice, one six. <laughs> I also got one six. Well, Gluck has two sixes. Ah, uh, Gluck wins. All right. Nice, Gluck. So you're going to gain two points, and you're going to add a trait to all of the characters. Okay. So oh, I get to pick it. Yep. So it could be the same for, all, and it's for all of us. So. Uh. So so if that's the case, then can we say that the beloved had turned the corner and seen the uh just just one part of this whole scene not not all of it just one part and it's the part where gluck the same light that winks sees gluck in that slow motion heroic looking little goblin uh i'll say that the the beloved also witnessed that from across the way and uh and they both feel i think i'd like the trait to be uh um it's not impressed. It's slightly less unimpressed <laughs> by Gluck. <laughs> so not so, uh, <laughs> not as unimpressed with Gluck, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Not not as not as un. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Not as unimpressed. <laughs> and then you get to give yourself a trait. It doesn't have to be the same one. You can give yourself a different one, and then we'll narrate how this played out. Uh, then my my trait will be could could well okay so it's going to be in direct conflict with a trait that I have because I was going to say I have a little bit more confidence but I have a self conscious issue. No, that's fine. Yeah, if you want, yeah. Could I could I kind of just cross one out or or would I add one that's kind of balancing that one out or uh, you could add like. In the right moment, very self-confident or something. Gotcha. So that way you don't have to cross anything out, but you still have option. You know, you can still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do courageous. There we go. Okay. In the right moment, (laughs) I could summon some courage. (laughs) All right. So, so you two can narrate how this fight, it definitely is going to go more in Gluck's favor narrate how this takes out and and we'll say that that zelroth is he begin he sees this happening and he begins to run up and just as as this fight begins to look like it's going to turn physical he decides to hang back because one he's scared of getting punched uh to death he does not want to be harmed at all and two he wants to see see what happens who prevails in the in this between you two or who does better so, so I have a thought. Do you, should I go, or do you want to do you want to say something first about the? Um, well, I was to kind of set the scene so that you can 
um, have it go more in your favor. I was going to just kind of say what Nick Wicks was, Winks is thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right as Winks is finishing her, um, her kind of speech to, to the woman about leaving her husband and she's holding the woman's hand, she looks over and she sees this, this like ray of sunshine that just hits, uh, Gluck and it hits him right in the in the face and in its upper body and he and he looks a little more uh, masculine and he he seems to be a little more confident like and she starts to think maybe he can handle this situation maybe he can actually fight uh, these men and and win he seems very sure of himself and so she lets go of the of the woman's hand and kind of turns her attention towards towards Gluck and she starts to kind of fix the one of her her pigtails as she's as she's looking at him and then the light changes a little bit and she and she kind of shakes that off and and watches as as uh Gluck finishes what he was doing. <laughs> so Gluck is is dancing and dancing and then Bobs and weaves a little bit. The the I'm just imagining the the big the big knave named Dave is not even moving yet. He's just watching this pathetic little creature dance around him. And then Gleek rears back and he says, "Prepare for glory." <laughs> and he has a fist and he's about to lay the largest goblin punch that's ever been thrown. When at that moment a huge crack sounds from behind all of them and the cart that the very aloof and inept Gluck built with his hands snaps and all the boxes and crates sitting on the cart spill onto the children <laughs> that are pushing it <laughs> and the parents of the children including the knave named Dave see their children just buried in, in this cargo crying out and the fight is over because they have to go tend to their children. And when Dave moves, Gleek's punch goes wide and he spins into another puddle of mud. <laughs> but the fight is over Excellent. and he doesn't have to throw another punch. Excellent. Very nice. So we will say that you two gather up the stuff while while parents are attending to children and calling out for other parents to come help and taking their kids away. And you, with working together as a team, you you get all this stuff to to the the entrance of the Dark Tower. And Zelroth has hurried ahead to make it look like he's been waiting there the whole time. He's leaning up against the t- the door of the tower. He has the key, and as you walk up, he. He says, did you encounter any troubles along the way? Oh, Gluck is actually carrying everything. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all piled up in a very, I mean, it defies physics, but it's its all stacked on his back. And he's just sighing and panting and crawling up the steps. And he doesn't even hear the beloved say that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Winks says, "Yes, Lord Zelroth, Wormtooth." While while bowing slightly, we ran into a little bit of trouble, but we were able to handle it with ease. Excellent, very excellent. Well, let's 
let's walk into my new home. And he turns and he takes the key out of the little pouch. He holds it up and he puts it into the keyhole, which wasn't there. But as the key gets closer, it forms and he turns the key and opens the door. And there's just darkness inside. And he takes a big step in and Winks takes a big step in and Gleek the Goblin crawls in panting and collapses on the floor and the tower door swings shut that's the end of round one all right and there it is part one of our shooting the moon game i hope you enjoyed it i hope you liked the characters of zelroth winks and Gluck? Gleek? I don't know. We got it so mixed up by this time that I think we just started going with Gluck. But anyways, come back next week, see who ends up as the right-hand helper, the main minion, the best of the evilest, I don't know where I was going with that, to Zelroth, Wormtooth. Like I said up top, be sure to check out Victory Condition Gaming Channel this Saturday, February 17th at 6 o'clock Eastern, and watch me run Honey Heist. Definitely, if you can, get in there, check it out interact with us it, it should be a blast i'm looking so forward to it honey heist is just my type of game it's gonna be stupid as hell and with that uh don't have any much else to say so this week i think it's very important that we go out and we be good to each other care for someone let somebody know you love them bring a little bit of hope back into this world and have fun and row to play that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Row2PlayPodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2PlayPodcast.com Like us over on Facebook at Row2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Row2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at Row2PlayPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash Tritachion.